Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and this is the third time I have started this intro, so this time we're going to nail it. He's going to be just fine. Today I'm joined by five members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey there. Rob. Good evening. Scott. Hey. Mr. Spence. Hi Carl. And for the first time we have JP. Hi guys. JP, thanks for coming on, mate. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. JP is uh, JP's one of our uh, newer members. Been on for a right about a year and a bit now. Right? Fourteen months, almost. To be Fourteen there. months. There you go. Yeah. So um, yeah, we wanted to kind of get JP on. Um, he's got some good insight and uh, he comes up with some good ideas. So we want to want to kind of apply him for some as we go through as well. So uh, today we are going to be talking about tactics, grab bag tactics. Quick, uh, quick tactics that you use on the on scene. Um, we're actually going to be talking. They're kind of the tactics that don't fully fill an entire episode. It's more things that you can use on the fire ground um, in certain situations. And I'm going to start with Scott. So Scott, pick one. Pick one of your favorites. Uh, let's talk about transitional attack. <laughs> um, the transitional attack is uh, something from. From kind of the old days, I, I, from what I understood, because it was uh, it was a tactic used, um, I believe, when firefighters first didn't have SCB and all that stuff, and they would hit it hard from the yard, um, because that's what we do nowadays. And back then, it was because they didn't have SCBAs, didn't have uh, gear, the proper gear, so the only real thing they could do is is throw water from the outside. And then that whole transition happened where they started doing interior attacks. Um, first thing, they didn't have SCBAs, but they started going inside. They had better gear. Then over time, SCBAs started getting better and better. And But also over time, the furniture and the household stuff started getting worse and worse for us. Plastics and such. So fire started getting a lot hotter. So we kind of reverted back to what's old is new again. We've taking a step outside of the uh, building. So on the first arrival, when you get there, um, that fire clock's rolling fast, right? Because everything's burning. We all, I think probably everybody, if you haven't seen it, should watch the UL video of the um, of the legacy home fire <coughs> versus a modern home fire. I'll post it tomorrow. Cool. And then uh, the difference between, there's like 20 something minutes for flashover back in the old days to three and a half minutes nowadays. So, We've started arriving on scene and fire's pushing out of the windows already. We don't have to vent, it's already self-venting. So that transitional attack, it's designed for, you hit it hard from the hard from the yard is what the kind of the nickname of the thing is. So you, you come in and you, you put a nozzle on it right away. Um, you're supposed to go straight stream into the ceiling. And the reason why you're doing that <clears throat> is because you don't want to steam kill people if they're inside. Because Really, you're not supposed to be spraying water if there's potential of a rescue going on inside. But one of the 
things that's killing people inside is that smoke and hot gas and stuff. So we want to, like if you put the fire out, I think it was the same, if you put the fire out, 99% of your problem's done. So with a transitional attack, you just, you know, you, you just kind of blast it for a few seconds, feather it back, blast it for a few seconds, feather it back. It's like penciling inside of a room, but you're outside. And it's helping to slow that fire clock down and get the guys ready. So the rest of the team is getting set up for their interior attack. And we started bringing it to the department probably about six years ago, seven years ago, because of um, the fires we see nowadays. And it's a good technique. You have to train it because you have to get that out of your mind that you're just there to dump a bunch of water on a fire. You have to, you do need to do that feathering, especially if there, or that penciling, especially if there's people inside or there's a possibility of people inside. And then obviously once the search team goes inside, we try not to do any um, water application from the exterior because of the chance of steam, steaming somebody. But if anyone's in the room that's pushing copious amounts of fire out of the window, it's probably not going to be a viable rescue anyway. So um, that's why we started doing transitional attack. I don't know. You guys haven't, we haven't really done one in a while. Well, you know, I guess that structure fire we just had, we did do a transitional attack because we, we hit it hard <coughs> for the yard. Like we, had, we hit it very hard. We had two, two and a halfs and two inch and a halfs going on, on the outside of that building. Yeah. And then we, we pushed in for an interior attack. So yeah. I guess really it was a transitional attack. Yeah. that we did um and a lot i mean most fires are transitional attacks well we weren't we definitely weren't we definitely weren't um looking at it from a point of view of any sort of rescue and we weren't penciling it was just dumping on the water for yeah sure but yeah i could see i could see where that would apply yeah there wasn't a lot of like thinking like tactically for that fire we just like the tactic was let's put a bunch of water on this thing and cool it down and then hit it because we knew no one was inside we knew most of the structure was um, compromised or yeah like we, we managed to save two rooms i think like mostly safe mm. so out of the whole structure yeah problems when um so that the that fire specifically was a little bit further on the on the outer edge of our district of our district it was a it was a tougher one to get to and uh we were still lucky i think for the time that we spent getting out there and the, this, the response to the call was good I just think it was just the distance we had to travel. And again, it's now everything's burning so much quicker that and so much faster and hotter that it's tough to save anything with the time limit we did. So I think we did a really good job out there. Yeah. yeah I think we did. Okay. Yeah, so that's a transitional attack. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, we've been doing that for ages. Um, yeah. Hit it hard from the yard. That's... Uh, <clears throat> what we used to think of as a defensive attack was going and what you're talking about at that structure that last structure is what we used to do when it's sort of kind of a transitional attack and i think like carl's correct like the the attack we used the other day was more of like we were defensive then we went offensive whereas i think the true transitional would be you know you're going to go inside and you're just using that those quick shots that cooling just to get the fire slowed while the guys get set up for their attack you're really buying yourself time <clears throat> Yeah. is what it is i guess right you're, you're trying to slow <coughs> that clock down give yourself some extra moments to get that interior attack or a search or whatever it might be geared up and ready to go uh versus that fire it was you knew there was no viable search there was none of that happening it was uh, a defensive which then turned not offensive but you still turned interior yeah we don't <clears throat> you talk about it too and we don't use it a lot 
we haven't used it a lot recently. We haven't had a lot of structure fires and except for that last one recently, but we haven't had a lot of structure fires where we get to use it a lot too. Yeah, well, and I think most of the times we get to the place, it's it's really going up. It's not you know, one room involved, two rooms involved. It's like everything's gone. Because <laughs> the last four or five we've had are, you know, the whole yeah. pl- half the end of the South building's gone or the south end's already gone, like the roof's yeah. going. And well, I think it comes back to that again, right? Like everything's burning so much faster regardless. Oh, yeah. Even that one that was just around the corner from the department that we hit, um, later on in the the end of last year, um, just around the corner here, mm. that little shack where you did the where you did yeah. the other yeah, the, the VAS, VAS yeah. mm-hmm. So that one, even though it was just around the corner, we responded to that super quick. But again, a lot of that was already gone. Like yeah. it, it's just everything's burning so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll maybe we'll roll into that. So that call, we actually used a uh, <clears throat> a pretty. Um, not new. It was a tactic we discussed a couple of times on here before, but not really um, fully more in depth. So, uh, VIS. Rob, you want to take? Yeah, VIS? I'll take that. Um, yeah, the VIS is kind of new to new to us. We've been practicing in a cup for the past couple of years. Um, six. Yeah, it's pretty. It's about six. Six, six years. years? Yeah. V- yeah. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Um, we don't. Again. We haven't used it a lot because we don't get a lot of those calls where we're doing, um, we're doing an interior search, per se. That there's somebody trapped inside. A lot of our calls that we get are people have already been out of the building or there's nobody home. Um, well, sorry. And I think most people nowadays are getting out of their buildings because of the enhanced, like smoke alarms and mm-hmm. detection systems. So I, I, I from <clears throat> seeing what I see, you know, just from doing research and stuff. And, from the world, it's basically uh, there's a lot more people getting out. Yeah, from my point. So sorry. <clears throat> no, I, I mean I like it as as one of those search tactics where um, you're you're getting up to the window. You're you got a two man team that's going into a room where the first guy entering in is is getting into a room that is possibly a, a bedroom where there might be a, a victim in there or a patient um, and He's going in, he's, um, we're, we're not doing any venting at that time because we're wanting to um, be able to do a search without pushing any smoke or fire towards that, that room possibly. Uh, and so the first guy in is going to go and he's going to do a quick, quick search of the room, find the door, close that door off and isolate. That's where the I and V-E-I-S uh, comes in. He's going to isolate that room off from any fire or smoke and he's going to start doing a search of that room looking for any possible patients and uh <clears throat> i we, we haven't seen it done a lot but uh the one time that i did see it used where scott was going in that in that room i mean it was executed perfectly um it was it was cool afterwards <laughs> yeah. i think we actually took pictures of uh the left-handed search when i searched yeah yeah because yeah. you could see because the room was full of smoke and you could just see the glove marks all across the wall from where yeah, you got yeah. in and, and across I, the floor and you find when i saw the do- when i found the door you can see me yep. kind of go around the door handle because i trying to find it where it is and then yeah. i'm like oh there it is yeah the, yeah. the hand marks mm-hmm. told the tale it was, yeah. it was pretty awesome to see so it's, we, might have, we might have those pictures still actually yeah, we I'll post post yeah. yeah. it's it's probably one of the once we run it through the media team from the <laughs> <office>. <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the, the more Tactics I like to see used, just because mm-hmm. it's something that we don't use a lot of. Um, and f- I mean, from my standpoint, I'm a lot of the time, I'm the pump operator. So some of these tactics, tactics I don't get to uh-huh. 
use or see a lot because I'm focused on making sure the guys are getting water. Um, but I mean, the time that I have seen it used, um, even though there was nobody in that room, we found out later on, or in that in that structure, uh, it was it was perfect training and execution of that tactic that we, <coughs> um, that we saw used that day. That particular call, why that was so key, is when we were on scene, we got a report that there was a family that could have been living in this mm -hmm. semi-abandoned home. Um, they were... There was kids' toys and everything. Like yeah, there was some, some kids' toys laying around. So it was a very viable search where there could have been somebody there still. Like, there was stuff all over the the ground outside. There was, uh, like you say, kids' toys on the inside. One thing I think we didn't even talk about is what does VEIS mean? Yeah, I was going to come yeah. back through. So we'll, we'll, we'll no. talk on the night. So no, no, I know Rob had said we don't vent. Um, even though V, the V and the and VIS meant, what Rob meant was we don't um, like positive pressure ventilation. We don't put the fan right. on and that yes. sort of stuff. The V in VIS is vent, and essentially it means take the window out or or I guess mm -hmm. a door, but I mean, normally it's a window because you're rolling yeah. through a bedroom. Um, so that's really what the V stands for. Um, Spencer, you want to take the E? If you want to take the E, <laughs> enter. Hey! Hey! So. One thing we were talking about before the podcast started was the, uh, and I'm gonna vent. Because <laughs> there was a podcast, there was a, a Facebook post Still about uh, the guys were talking. The guy was talking about VIS. It was actually a very good post. I really liked the way it was written. But for some reason, he was hell bent on calling it VES, and he said the I is implied. The isolate part of the of the of the thing is implied. Well, really, everything's implied. Like if you, you have to, you have to break the window to get inside. You have to enter the room, and you have to search. So it's it's all implied. So so why don't you just go do it? So the hardest, talk about yeah. It. So the hardest thing of like the, the 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 thing, the most essential part of the VIS is the I. So it really needs to be stressed, and that's why it came in because it used to be VES in most parts of the world. And well, then that's the how we started training. It was VES. Yeah, yeah. And then and then some genius was like. We probably put the eye in there because that is, that is a thing. That is you isolate that room. You know, we close the doors. We were talking about that during the episode, what, um, public service episode. Yeah, yeah. Closing that door makes all the difference. And, and the other half, I mean, the other half of that tactic is the search, and you've got your second firefighter up the ladder. <laughs> there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I took my hat off. Yeah. I took my hat off. <laughs> It, it, so, Homeless so the search. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, so, you know, the other half of that is the search, and you've got your second firefighter up the ladder. He's on uh, breathing uh, air. He's got a thermal imaging camera. He's doing a scan of that room, yelling at the other guy doing the actual room search, uh, guiding him with the thermal camera to check if there is any possible victims, uh, patients. And um, that's also important to have in that, too, as part of that search. Yeah, it's a, I'm glad you mentioned the thermal camera, actually. It's a really big portion of it. And, yes, the person inside is doing a, a job which is very specific, and you're running it by the numbers, you're doing a left or a right hand, you're finding doors, you're closing off that room. But that thermal camera is massive in that entire process. Mm -hmm. Having those eyes and ears and communication is key, as always, coming back to that and making sure that that person in the window and the guy in the room are talking back and forth because he can see things that you can't. And that piece of that one piece of technology, which I feel like 
<clears throat> there's so much more we could use that for that one piece um, but we do use it for that tactic and it is it is a crucial integral part in my opinion and we do use that thermal camera for more than just that search absolutely I mean, we do use it on some stove fires where we might check the wall another big thing we use it for too is is motor vehicle accidents where we're unsure of a second uh, patient and we might do a quick search of the surrounding area looking for any body heat so we might yeah. Yeah. That, that camera's great for that that's too. a really good point yeah really good point yeah. in fact we we had uh i think we used it on that one where there was an ejection we thought there was an ejection and so we were looking around for a second person we've done it a few times yeah, yeah. we've done a bunch of times mm -hmm. yeah multiples yeah. um one yeah one of the concerns when vis when <clears throat> when i brought it to the department was and and i think it's a concern throughout every chief that's been around not not our chief anymore but the ones prior and then ones all over kind of that are still haven't adopted it is is that un they think it's unsafe because you're not taking a hose line with you which i didn't really mention we don't take a hose line in with us mm. so that thermal camera is essentially that's our that's tether your, that's our tether to the outside world yeah so you're only searching that one room and that's there's there's some key key points there you, you only search in one room you do not leave that room um, if you have to start traveling in a hallway, so we, what we do is we, we'll check the hallway, we'll open the door, check the hallway, like go as far as we can reach with our, with our hands, and, um, and then get back inside and close the door. But if you start going down the hallway without a hose line, as soon as you're out of view of that thermal camera, you're done. Like there's no, it's, it's, you're now just freelancing a search, and, and there's no way to get back. So I think once we explained it and we showed the officers and everybody how we. It, it's actually to be done everyone kind of adopted it and everyone likes it now uh, and when it's kind of spread throughout the area because we were at about the second or third but. yeah I, and i mean too we're limiting our firefighting the amount of water we're putting on the fire uh we're not going to be throwing <coughs> piles of water on it while there's a possible inside. victim inside too so yeah. Yeah. um we're also closing off another room. Yeah. You know, like, because as soon as we normally, and we'll get into the next piece in, in a second with positive pressure, but if we were to not isolate that room off and then we started a positive pressure attack, maybe that room is in the, in the flow path, right? And now we've just, we've got this other container where we're going to start pushing air into, and then we're going to, we're going to have to deal with more fire there. So closing that room off, as we spoke about last week, that door helps, yeah. uh, helps control <clears throat> that, that environment for us a lot better mm -hmm. I think too uh, that isolation um, going back to the close before you doze um, I used to be taught for years where you know you wake up to a smell of smoke and you always check your door they were always teaching to keep your door closed at night and so that's uh, just another thing that I I keep doing that at home myself is always closing doors at night or before we go um, so that can help limit if at night you're trapped in a room where it's on it's on fire on the other side that can save minutes off of your life um to be rescued yeah agreed yeah there's actually a really good video that uh, what that sold me on vis because i heard about it i think it was a new york city thing that they invented it's normally yeah i mean they get obviously yep. i'm assuming they probably have the most structured fires, boys. fires that have yeah, things, busy boys they have to come up with new tactics because they got lots of apartments but this the video i can't remember what city it was out of but it was like a garden what down in the states i don't know i don't think we call them that here uh, it was like in a garden apartment i call it 
So it's basically an apartment building that's shaped like a U, and in the middle is a, gar- or a garden or a like swimming pool, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was a two-story thing. So the the first arriving unit, there was video footage of them coming into the garden apartment, the garden part. The whole side of the building is going up, and then the the um, other half of the company they went around back, and they started VASing, and they must have. I want to say the VS four apartments in the back side of that building, just fast, boom, 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 in and out, and uh, they showed the they showed the aftermath of when they closed the doors and just how little damage there was done to those rooms after they closed the doors. They didn't find anybody because everybody was out, but they didn't know that at the time, and it was really the only way they could rescue <coughs> those people because he couldn't have went through the front. So that's really what sold me on that tactic. And we talked about that structure in uh, Northtown with the closed door mm-hmm. and that pristine yeah. room inside. Yeah. Talked about that before, so yeah. closing the doors works. Well, yeah. so... Um, what? No, I, oh. I was sitting here listening to you guys. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what am I going to put into this here? A couple things for me, for a guy that hasn't had that much experience on many fires. Uh, you guys talked about, you know, the process of VIS. For me, I kind of get to... I haven't been on a fire where we've used that tactic yet. And a real structure fire, more on training. Um, but the stuff I start to think about is, okay, you know, how are we going to enter the building? How are we going to enter it safely? Are we going to foot the ladder so that when you're climbing out there, it's not slipping out underneath you? Breaking glass, clearing the window. You know, that's the sort of that's things that's in my head while I'm doing that. And, and then, you know, the idea is enter the building, isolate the room, search uh, around, and you're I, and generally in the dark. You can't see anything. And I remember uh, when we were doing, a, we were at a seminar, and I talked, I was talking to Spencer once about people searching, and he had said, you know, it's easier just sometimes just close your eyes. Exactly. And so I practice that now. I'm like, you know, I don't even bother to try and see the glow of my light in the smoke. I just close my eyes. I focus on what I'm doing in that room, following my way around. And then, you know, in the odd chance you might find someone, you know, that's in the back of my mind that as I'm entering through that window, how am I getting that out that window? And how's that patient going to get out that window? Because it now turned into a rescue at that point, right? You yeah. searched, you yeah. found someone, and we practice that <clears throat> training, uh, some pretty neat tactics of using a shorter ladder and getting them on that and, so that's sort of just the little few things that I think of when we're doing that. I haven't, that'll all come to me on a real projector fire yeah. easily, I feel. So, yeah, it's some of the stuff that I focus on. It's good, it's a good point. Uh, and I actually know Spencer told people that because I, I was just going to say that, you know, closing your eyes is, let's say, one of the best ways to search. Because mm-hmm. otherwise you become focused on like, your vision, your light, and you're like, so you're, maybe, you're, maybe you have your helmet light going, but you can only see like a couple inches in front of your face. Well, that becomes your focus now. You're focused on what you can see in front of your face. You're not focusing on your other senses. So just closing your eyes, it's, it opens up that whole area. You just turn that sense off. It's not really helping yeah. you at all. It's yeah. easy. So it's a detriment. Uh, yeah, Almost, it's yeah. easy to get yourself fused and disoriented because you're so focused directly in front of your face that you kind of lose. It, it, I find for myself with my eyes closed, if I'm in there, if I'm just zoned into what I'm doing, I can kind of keep my orientation a little bit better versus if you're, you know, if you're trying to see what's happening, you can get a bit of a grasp of where things are. You can see a little bit. Um, I've got myself turned right around. And if it wasn't for the person with the tick in the window uh, saying, no, you got to go left more. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. I'm almost all the way over here. Nope. And then <laughs> sure so you go left. Oh, sh- there's a wall right there. How about that? So then you realize where, where you are again. Um, and I've definitely practiced it both ways, open and close eye. And if you just shut shut your eyes down, go through the motions, I find for myself I'm way less disoriented when you're 
completely blind in there. Uh, you really rely on all your other senses, what you're hearing, what you're feeling. Uh, it's a lot easier to uh, to follow through with the search. And, and I think you panic, like, I don't want to say panic, you shouldn't panic, but people <coughs> panic less when they close their eyes. Because um, even that, when I actually VAS that building that was actually on fire, um, I had my eyes closed the whole time. And then when I got to the door, I looked back by the window to see, basically look over at Kevin. And then when I opened my eyes to look to see what I could see, I realized how dark the smoke was in there and how little I could see. And for a quick, for a brief second, I was like, oh, I'm in the shit right now. <laughs> so then I closed my eyes again because <laughs> the world's dark and scary. <laughs> so when I closed my eyes and then that caught me back down because I was like, okay, okay, just start doing my work again. And I kept going and I did what I needed to do. And then I knew where he was because I can hear him calling me. And then I, I popped back out. It's a good thing. I think uh, maybe we'll add that to some of the, because I was uh, thinking about talking about someone, we we're talking about like coping techniques and it sounds like it's a really good one. They're obviously, we're not saying you go into a, every building with your eyes closed. <laughs> no, it's only when you don't have any visibility <laughs> to begin with. Yeah, it's like, it's when a room is absolutely pitch black. I mean, obviously anybody who's been in and knows when the room is full of smoke, you, you can't see anything. There's nothing you can do apart from when we get into maybe venting uh, to clear that smoke out. Um, so when you're going into these situations, normally this room is already full of smoke because the fire is it in, in another area and it's, it's coming off into this, just this smoke, not flame right now. So when you get in there, you can't see anything. You can't see a thing. You check your corridor, you do your door hook, uh, with your foot to make sure you still stay in the room, give it a good pat, head back in. Then you close that door and then you're done. Like you can keep your eyes closed during that rest of the period. Cause there's, there's nothing, there's nothing you can see. Yeah. Nothing you can see. It. I'll go back to a uh, practice we did a couple years ago. We did a search in our, in our one of our storage rooms upstairs here at the hall, and we had a bunch of cabinets and tables and old gear stacked up in the room. And we did a search where we had our um, our masks all blacked out. And I can remember doing a search with somebody, and you definitely you have to close off that visual sense. And get used to feeling what you're feeling, knowing what it is. And there, we had somebody being a victim or a patient up in the up in the room. And after we went through the practice, they took our masks off and looked at what we searched. And there was somebody sitting in one of those cabinets. I'd put my hands all over them and went right by them. And it's probably key to practice. Know what you're feeling. Really touch everything. And get used to knowing what it is that you're grabbing onto, because that that thing that you think is in the back of your mind might be just a couch or a pillow or something like that might actually be a person, and so you got to really rely on your your other senses, specifically touch senses, yep. when you're doing a search like that. That's really yeah. good. Makes sense. Maybe we do that. We we throw <clears throat> into a bit of a, a training night where you have to identify what you're coming across. Take everything else away. Just some, mm -hmm. just throw some some shit in there and be like, "Hey, what, what <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't know." Rob yeah. sat there talking about you know knowing what he's touching. And you're talking about uh, you know knowing what you come across. I, I'm sorry. It's a family show, kid. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's not even close to a family show. Gutter rhymes. Wow, Spence, you were gonna say? I was gonna say that I think that that fire practice was the one that got us our first tick. 
It was. It was, because we had one on loan from whoever was nice enough to loan us one. And we also invited town council to come and experience one of our fire practices. Yeah, that was before you guys. Yeah, and they were sitting in the corner watching us fumble around through the tick in a blacked out room. And they said, oh, we have to buy you one of these because they're really cool. And that was back when ticks were like 10 grand. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like the old days when then, when then the thing was not like that yeah. great. But, it, you know, it just for them to be able to see that. It was the tool of that time. And we walked, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we went right past the, the patient that's in right there. And... Well, it's tough. Like, it's, you yeah. know, if you look at one of the events that we do, uh, that Spence, you normally run when we do seminar. Like, do the you want to just, just quickly touch on why, even yeah. in the writ challenge, like, with the writ challenge, we're pulling people out mm-hmm. blindfolded yeah. mm-hmm. through all of the maze that we have. And they're they're completely because normally we do balaclavas backwards, right? We do. So in that instance, they're totally blind, and they have to rely on everything else. And they're putting them through like our course is mean. Yeah. It is nasty. <laughs> it is we run it. We don't run it anymore. anymore. <laughs> Spencer's mean. Spencer's mean on that. He yeah. is yelling he is. at everybody. No, no Spencer's motivational. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> motivational. That was actually the. Uh, that was actually yeah. when we had this discussion about. Yeah. Closing your eyes, and, and you could see these people go through the, the course of the writ challenge. And th- at that moment, it was like night and day. Like, you know what? Why just try cl- closing your eyes? Because some of our masks had like wax paper, so you had light coming through there. And you could watch the the effort was it was easier, it was less effort to go through a dark area when they just were like, Oh, yeah, close your eyes. Yeah, Spencer said, Close your eyes, and they do it. You can see that they did it, and all of a sudden. You know, their efforts, it was easier on them. Yeah. They didn't have to focus on trying to see and trying to feel at the same time. You just need to try and feel. Yeah, it makes you relax a little bit. It's like uh, Luke Skywalker on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, yeah. He's using the force. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and I think when we started doing the right. Rich Challenge, we purposely put wax paper over there so it would be more like hazy, really smoky environment, not dark. Right. But it was also that they could kind of maybe see something, but they couldn't. And then we realized after a few runs, oh, yeah, if people close their eyes, it's easier on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I think uh, going into something that we shouldn't do in VIS is uh, is a positive pressure uh, ventilation slash attack. Yeah. Um, which is also one of our grab bags. <laughs> yeah. So who wants to talk about the old positive pressure? Because I feel that's a good transition. Oh, uh, th- this isn't the VEIS episode? It does seem to have done oh. that. It does seem to have done that a little bit. One. Yeah. That was VAS. <laughs> Sorry. Who wants to, <laughs> who wants right. to pick that up? So we're going to go into, we're gonna go into positive pressure. I can touch base on that. You want to do pause? Sure. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I so wish that we could drop just that little. We have spoke about this previously. Um, didn't make the cut. It didn't, it didn't make, make the, the cut. cut. Did not make the cut. But it will make it will make it the will make real. a blooper reel. So <laughs> it will make the blooper reel. Stay tuned for that. There's yes. a a tool that you can use. I think we should just talk about it. Uh, I think. We should. Well, let's get into what it is first. Yeah, let's okay, talk so about it. first. You don't use this if you're going to be doing VIS, which we can go back into quickly. No. Um, so positive pressure, um, it is implied uh, that you are adding pressure to a building, a structure. Uh, we have a gasoline-powered fan, not electric, 
uh, for many, many reasons, most of them being where you're going to get power from. A lot of times, yes, our units have power, um, but in a fire, that's a bad, bad idea. So we have a gasoline powered fan. We will be venting somewhere in the structure, somewhere uh, around the seat of fire where you can be directing the travel of where you want that fire to go or where you don't want it to go. Um, you will be uh, sending a team in, inside. It's going to be on an attack. Um, you're going to have somebody on the outside. Everybody has to work together. So you, you can't fire up a fan, throw it at a door, send the team in. Oh, shoot, we forgot to vent. It needs to be orchestrated. You're going to want to... Oh, what's happening? <laughs> we may have a whiteboard with a couple of key ideas. We are no longer talking about BS. That is off the board. Um, you're going to want to come up to it. You get your fan ready. You can start it before you go, but never aim it at the door. You, you definitely want to have that ready off to, off to the side. You're going to have a team go up. We've spoke about this before. You check for heat. You're going to open the door. Uh, you're going to wait a moment, see what's happening at, at that door. Is there smoke billowing out? Is it, uh, you know, is there fire right at the other side, side of the door? That's, that, that's going to change some, some things. What color? Yeah. What color is coming out? If, if any, if some, uh, how much, uh, once you see, yeah, it's viable to go in, you'll have somebody, uh, vent on the opposite side or wherever you want to direct it and then you will uh, place your positive pressure fan at a certain distance away from the door you really want to get as much of that uh, pressure going in and this comes back to spencer's special tool that you can <laughs> utilize which, the practice. The practice. Yeah, which, which you can practice and really understand uh the, the the key of this, and I think Spencer is yeah. the only person that I, I would agree. And you can really only do it on your toilet, from what Spencer said last time. <laughs> right. It so just helps you. And he'll explain why. We're gonna throw it to Spencer right now and see why. But th th this is genius. I think every department needs to have one or two. We'll come back. We'll come back to the rest of the tactics. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Spence. The tool that I'm gonna talk to you about training is that uh, training tool. Put in your budget. Yeah. In your budget. It uh, really, really does a great job of illustrating fan placement in mm -hmm. positive, positive pressure. So there you are, sitting on your toilet. Have to be. Yeah, you have to be sitting on your toilet. And it just... Otherwise it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the, the TP is out. The TP is empty. Mm -hmm. So you have this empty roll sitting there. Well, yep. what are you going to do with that? Because you're, you're waiting for the missus or the kids to bring in another roll. So you take your empty toilet paper roll. <laughs> now what you're going to do is put it up to your mouth and you're going to blow through it and you're going to put your hand on the other side. Like right at your lips. Right at your lips. You put a toilet paper tube right at your lips and you blow. You and you blow. Now the next thing you're going to want to do is keep your hand on the far side of the toilet paper tube and the toilet paper tube at an equal distance as you move the toilet paper tube and your hand away from your mouth while you we'll continue diagrams. blowing. Diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> <Under> Facebooks. <laughs> there will be a video tutorial for the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll draw it on a napkin. <laughs> so as the toilet paper tube and your hand move away from your mouth as you're blowing constantly, 
So it's important that you blow constantly because the fan is going to be at constant speed. JP's is like, what? Oh, I'm going to try this tonight. What have I signed up for? I helped you roll. He's already intrigued. You don't need an empty roll, though. It helps. You can have a hold of roll of toilet paper. Why not? It's just nonsense. Okay, carry on. So as you're as you're moving your toilet paper tube away from your mouth, you notice that the pressure on your hand that you're blowing on on the opposite side of the toilet paper tube, as you move it away from your your mouth. So to be clear, your mouth is what's commonly called the mouth fan. The mouth fan. <laughs> your mouth is actually the fan in this scenario. Yes. Yes. Okay. Your mouth is the mouth fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I thought the mouth fan was dead. <laughs> Your mouth is the mouth fan. As the toilet paper tube is moving away from your mouth, what you're going to experience on the far side of the toilet paper tube is an increase in pressure on your hand. And that is from the Scott... Venturi effect. Venturi Yay. effect. Science! Yes. <laughs> Biggest science. <laughs> so as your mouth is blowing through this tube, it kind of sucks the air in around... If your toilet paper tube is right up against your mouth fan, there's no space for the air to get sucked in with the venturi effect. That illustrates where you put your fan. You don't put your fan right at your doorway because you don't have any space for the venturi effect to happen. So you put it back one and a half times the, the height of the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you just imagine a cone of fan going toward your door, encompassing the door. 10 feet or so back from the door. You're going to get your venturi effect and you're going to get the most pressure available on your positive pressure. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Science, Neil. Science. <laughs> Drop the science. Watch out, Bill Nye. So why do we, why do we, use, why do we use this? Uh, well, There's, oh, no, go ahead. There's actually two times you use this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to say that. Sorry. Is that no, Andrew? Go right ahead. Um, there's the positive pressure attack mm-hmm. and then there's positive pressure ventilation. Yes. Right. People commonly call the fan the PBV, which is the positive pressure ventilator, I guess. But um, for the attack part, that is literally like, well, as soon as we arrive, that's one of the first things we can do is treat it as an attack. As we said earlier, most fires nowadays are, are kind of self-venting. So they're pushing out the window already. If they're not, then we would vent, like Ash was saying. Um, there's an acronym we follow here. It's WTF. It reminds it because everyone remembers it. Um, which means windows and fan. So you break the window, just like Ash said, and then, or, or the door. I mean, a door is also a, a great... Uh, make event. a hole. Yeah, make yeah. a hole. So windows and fan, and um, that's our attack. So you could start right off the bat with that, what everything just Ash just talked about. So that would be when you're going to push in and try to get the fire out. When we did this, when I think when we first got the fan... It was more, and I think most departments still follow, like if they're using a fan at all, it's typically for the other version, which is positive pressure ventilation. So it's usually after the fire, you've knocked the fire down a lot, and now it's just smoky. Mm-hmm. So that's when you take a window near the near the seat of the fire, near where the smoke is, and maybe you don't break the window, maybe you just open it. We use this a lot for, you know, we get a lot of those burnt, you know, burnt dinner calls yep. in the winter and stuff. We use this technique a lot. Start the fan up and go around and close certain windows, open other windows. You know the key. The key is you can't open every window, and you can't open everything. And 
sometimes guys forget that they all oh, more if we open everything it'll be great then they're all this fresh air will come in but it's it's really defeating the purpose because now we it's like you you just poked a whole bunch place. of holes in a balloon the balloon's not gonna it's gonna deflate <laughs> you want to have like one little hole and everything's gonna go out that one hole so you need to have isolate each room as you go so if you want to you know bed, uh, one bedroom open that one window bam close it close the door carry on do, do the whole house like that yeah, the you, you got something there, JP? Yeah, I was actually just thinking uh, DTFF could be door then fan flowing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wow! <laughs> Look at the big brain on JP. Oh, I know. Yeah, I just man. popped them. Off. When's the, when's the window window coming though? Yeah, window then fan. <laughs> <laughs> window or door? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, you use different like, acronyms whether you're popping right. a door Random or whatever. Random right. 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 Oh, I see. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things that we we use quite often you know, for for a lot of things. Like you said, especially when there's you know grandma burnt dinner and uh, we have to go in and get all that smoke out of there. And you're right. If you if you literally have every window open, the smoke doesn't go out the window. It just sits stagnant in the house. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't tend to move at that point unless there's literally a good breeze. And even there, it's not doing much. It's kind of coming in and then failing out. You know, that's, you know what also sits stagnant in the, in the room is the uh, the fumes from the from the gas power engine. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to get that airflow going because <laughs> we are running a gas powered fan, as Ash said earlier. And with Scott's explanation of the balloon and popping all the holes in when you're Breaking every well, breaking every window open and letting thinking that you're helping by opening and letting all this air in, where we had that fire out north of town, Mm. and Mm. one of our white helmets at the time decided to go and bust all the windows open. Really, (laughs) really didn't help with that structure fire. It fed it more oxygen and it really Mm. fed that fire. So, um, yeah, definitely that one. In and one out is key in that. It did seem like that used to be one of the tactics, was smash every window. Like, while everyone's doing that one thing, everyone's going around breaking glass, breaking glass. I think everyone just had a, I just wanted to break windows, really. I think is what it came down to. But now, with that, with now mm-hmm. that the, the knowledge is there for why you don't do that, we've, we've not, like, you very even rarely hear that sound come out now unless everybody knows what's going on. We've been the other day at that structure fire. <clears throat> I broke a window on a lower level, and after I broke it, I'm like, I didn't really need to break it because I, I, we I was thinking we were gonna start pushing it out, and I was like, yeah, but I mean, like, like the house is pretty much a write off. But afterwards, I was like, yeah, that one probably didn't need to be popped. Whereas in the old days, I would have just let's break every window in the house because yep. <laughs> it's part of your yeah. 360. It used rock. to be, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it right. used to be. Yeah. Well, in those times too, like you said, guys were just throwing water through every window doorway there was too. So mm-hmm. smash them all done with water. Yeah. Now knowing there's some better tactics, things have changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So on uh, just quickly on positive pressure as well, there is another time that we would use it with the Venturi effect. When we are in the building, and the room is full of smoke, we can pop a window. Oh, not so much positive pressure, you mean other type of venting? Yeah, mm. so uh, with hydraulic. Really? Actually, I guess it is kind of, oh, no, yeah. really. it's called a hydraulic vent. Hydraulic vent. It right. has yeah. to do, definitely do with vent. It's uh, it definitely a venturi. Well, we're on the venturi effect. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the hydraulic ventilation. I guess I'm talking, so I will take care of it. 
Good job, I actually got Joe. to do this the other day. Oh, well, oh JB, yeah. there we go. All right. I'm only here one time. Man. Fully yours, man. Fully yours. <laughs> as well say some words. So, well, so we were at our, just our training grounds together last week. I uh, ran that scenario. At the end of it all, it was like cleanup time. We were all done. And uh, one of the other guys from here came in with me, went in with the hose line, put out fire. And you can't see, of course, so I'm not even trying to look around. And uh, I knew there was an opening at the other end of the, the sea can. And I just kind of was like, you know, and it was just smoke. You couldn't see anything. I didn't know if I'd put the fire out, had not, yes. So I was like, you know what? I kind of just behind him. I said, I'm going to just try and get the window. And and just use, close my eyes and just listen for what I was hitting, when I wasn't hitting, and and tried to get the the nozzle, the, the spread at the right angle where I'm actually flowing water out the window and not hearing the sea can getting pelted and and you know you lose your your traction a little bit on it you lose your aim a little bit i didn't have anyone with a tick to say up down or anything but it was just a practice thing for me where yeah you can you can flow water out of it when you're in the building uh flow out a window and encompass that whole shape of the window which just that pressure and the flow of the water would suck all the smoke out of there. And it cleared it up really fast for us. I mean, we were mm -hmm. in a, two minutes, we were we were standing in there going, yeah, we did get it all out. It's just been smoky and steamy in here. So, yeah, I mean, I did that just for my own fun. Yeah. Because it's fun. And I have any way to see it, but just using, using your ears to listen to it, it worked yeah, out really yeah, good. I like, I like sure, the yeah. way that you were saying that. Yeah, like instead of, because again, you were just kind of using that, cutting off some other senses to let some other, one, other ones pull through. I think we forget that sometimes. I know I forget that mm -hmm. sometimes. You're so trying to, you're so busy trying to pay attention to everything that's going on. Sometimes it's it's good just to shut some other things down and really focus on what you really need. And I love this. I love that you were just yeah, you know, just not hitting the side of the sea can. It was just going out the window. Yeah, you're yeah. imagining. I mean, I straight stream. You could hear it. And then I was like, when I couldn't hear, it, I'm like, all right. So then I'll dial the nozzle in a little bit, and and it worked really well. It actually worked really well. I don't know if anybody's heard. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to see. Like when you when if you're on the outside of the building and you're seeing that venturi effect, and you're seeing all of that smoke just come piling out of that window. Yeah, it's insane how quick you can clear a room and then really get your eye back in on the target and say, okay, this is where I need to hit. Bang, hit it down, knock it down, the smoke comes again, back to the window. You know, it's a, it's a really awesome, really awesome tactic. That's fun. I, I was just going to say that. It's uh, where you were using it to clear the room at the end of the fire. It's great. It's a great tool, like Carl just said, in the middle of the attack. I mean, you're going to be working the fire... Uh, it's going to be getting steamy, smoky, it's going to be coming down on you. You hydraulic vent to reset a bit of your vision so you can see what you're attacking. Carl kind of led into what I was going to say, but it's, uh, that's great. I will maybe, I, I have an amazing video, I'll have to try to find it, uh, back when I think you guys just first started <coughs> yeah. down in a small building. The, I was just thinking that, we, yeah, when yeah. We, we filmed them inside, we filmed them outside. Yeah, we inside. if I can find that, maybe that's I think something. I have it on the, uh. On the Facebooks. On the Facebooks. Or maybe on the YouTube. On the US. If you've yeah. got it on your phone, it's even better here. Yeah. Send it over here. Yeah. yeah. What'd you say? If it's on your phone, like is yeah, it? Craig. Craig. Blimey. Um yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> um yes, Rob. So off of all of this now, we're gonna flow into <laughs> flow. flow. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's into like water. big water. Big water. Is Rob doing it? I don't 
det med gode. Okay. Det er så. Are you gonna t- you want to do yeah. it? Are you doing yeah. big work? Yeah. You doing big work? No, let's talk big one. Let's stick on firefighting for now. Let's get rid of the other one. Yeah. We'll do the other one another time. All right. Oh, I was going to say a fancy trick that's not firefighting. Oh, oh right. I like that. I like that. Okay. Let's save it for a second. Let's do, let's, let's, let's okay, do, sure. uh, let's do big water first. All right. So big water is something that uh, we, we started doing... I want to say within the past year, because mm-hmm. I remember when we added the two and a half to the trucks, and uh, well, since then, pretty much every time now we, yeah. well, no, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. I, yeah we talked about this last, yeah, yeah. yeah, we talked about this last episode. We we always had two and a half inch lines on the trucks or bigger bigger lines on the trucks, three inch at some point, but um, for whatever reason, um, but in the last few years we did go to that pre connected two and a half, and we did talk about this last time. Mm-hmm. But maybe to expand on it a bit. Hmm? You want to expand on it a bit? Sure. <laughs> um, big fires require big water. Um, and I was just thinking about something in the back of my head that came out just now. Um, some big fires, like the school for one. Mm. Um, you could literally watch. Like guys were on inch and a half hand lines oh, yeah. lobbing water. And you could literally watch an inch and a half worth of water evaporate and do nothing. Yeah. Well, and I was watching... Before it even made yeah. the, the, the fire. I was watching a video of... Uh, there was that restaurant that just burned down in that other... That smaller town to our west here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was watching the video of it. And you could... I could tell they were using just inch and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was watching it. And the inspector just said, you could see the water go boom, into the fire. Just... <laughs> Gone. <laughs> it's like huh. yeah. fire winds. Yeah, so <laughs> you're literally winning. doing nothing by yeah. putting small water on a big fire. Like you're not you're not helping at all. Hmm. Maybe if you could possibly get a direct straight stream to the seat yeah, of a fire, yeah. you could maybe do something. But no, you could you mostly it, watch the water evaporate and do nothing. Yeah. For some reason, a lot of uh, people and, and I don't know. Maybe it's the walls or they're just everyone always aims like way too high. Mm-hmm. I always notice, like, when I'm ever watching videos and stuff, and, yeah. you know, we used to be guilty. Like, we used to always aim, like, way up high, trying to lob this water, and I don't know what we're trying to make it rain. I don't yeah. know what we're doing. Got to get it right over <laughs> the top of the a, flames. And then, and then we started actually, like, oh, wait, well, this building's still standing. Let's let's push in hard and go hit it hard from the yard. So get it close. Like, we were just talking, the first thing we mentioned, get in close and shoot up through the window. So you're actually in, at least getting into the structure, not out of the roof. Yeah, when we were using it on the the big one we recently had, um, I was running it on the other side, on mm. the uh, on the Charlie side of the building. And as we were coming in, and we, we pulled that line off, it's the first thing we did. We we attacked it from a distance to just get it down. And again, the distance, uh, the, sorry, the difference, sorry, of, of using that much water, it was just an instantaneous difference of, mm. of that fire was just it was it was halved almost instantly and then we had the approach and then we got in close and then we hit where we could where we could see where we could reach and it just doused uh enough of it that that's when we broke down to the the inch and a half well and then on the other on the other side of the building on the alpha side our engine was doing the exact same thing you guys were doing so it was just like we were just killing that thing like it was like Mm. gone like two minutes or something i gotta say that i heard i listened to the last episode you guys spoke with us loosely that two minutes went fast. Yeah. Like, it does, it went, to me, I'm just, we were spraying, me and Dennis, we're, uh, 
frame rate of that two and a half inch, and it yeah. was like two minutes was gone. We were switching over to yeah. two inch and a half, but yeah, it nailed it right away. It was fast. And I, and I think that's the was the kind of the scariness the scariness of the big water was that we'd run out of water. Yeah. But like Spencer just said, if you're spraying nothing, if you're spraying water, like if you're spraying an inch and a half at not at fire that's doing nothing, you're, still you're doing wasting nothing. a bunch of water that's doing nothing. Yeah. So why not use that water effectively, which is in, in that big stream, and uh, and do some real work. Yeah. And then yeah, if you run low on water, at least you made a bit of a difference. Maybe. Who said that the other day? But you know, if there was a fire in a bucket, you just work on to try and put it out. It would take you forever. Yeah. Have you on that? Have you put know, like that's a bottle of bottle yeah. of water on there? Be out already. Yeah. yeah it's a great analogy because yeah. uh, that's exactly what we're saying. Exactly. Put yeah. little water on big fire. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you're literally doing nothing. You're wasting evaporating water. water. Oh, you are. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I kind of, I dropped that question the previous week there about what would we have done? Would we have put this big water on before? Would we default to pre-connects? And what got me thinking about that is the industrial building mm-hmm. north yeah, of town. Yeah. I you was, were first one in there, right? I was, yeah. So I was. What were you running on that? Inch and a half, freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bah, bah, useless. Yeah, <laughs> you're evaporating a bunch of water. Yeah, so yeah. inside, I was evaporating a whole ton of water. And for a split second, you thought you owned it. I, I'm making a difference. <laughs> and then you looked up. And then I looked up and it was rolling behind me. I'm like, I'm not even close to making a difference. I'm going to die in here if I don't get out because it was happening like that. So I backed out, got outside, and everything in me says, I want to keep putting water on this thing. And I'm watching. I'm like, I don't even think it's getting wet. And you you notice it super quick. I was quite young in the department at the time, and that was a real eye-opening experience to see how useless an inch and a half is at 30 feet from the structure. I was close, uh, very very close. I had to back up multiple times because I it was just too hot. Um, I was kicking water from the nozzle and just drenching myself because it was so warm. Because I wanted to still be effective. A time came when I'm like. I'm wasting water. I'm going to shut, shut this off. Reposition closer to an exposure. Uh, we had a building, uh, like an outbuilding office that was really close. I started basically just paying attention to that. And I had a, an officer at the time came up and said, like, like, what are you doing? Why aren't you spraying, you know, why aren't you spraying water? Well, I mean, I can spray it over to the right. The rehab, and it's going to do the exact <laughs> probably, same probably effect. Probably more helpful. Yeah, I'm going to cool some guys down over there, right? So... It was, uh, for me, that was a big eye-opening experience of how useless on large, hot, rolling fire well, an inch and a half is if it's not a direct attack, like we say, potentially to a seat. Well, then I came late to that fire, but mm-hmm. it had gotten so far out of hand, or out of control, that even the big water wasn't even working. Like, we had monitors running on it, and, like, would it have been more effective to, even if, because at the time, I don't think we had, the, we didn't have the plumbed-in uh, two and a halfs yet. Oh, no. No, it was um, but if we had the if we had the plumbed in if we even if we didn't have a plumbed in two and a half if we would have taken that extra three or four minutes to grab the two and a half hook it all up the way we would have had to back yeah. in the day and then try hit it mm-hmm. would that have been more effective might have been I don't know if it would have been a save but it would have been maybe more effective than trying to hold out see how long this inch and a half will do any work mm-hmm. you know you're wasting three or four minutes of uh, of firefighting of water of, of, yeah. of our time trying to be like oh I can get it with this inch and a half line mm-hmm. Or just yeah, maybe spend totally that extra useless. few minutes to hook that two and a half up and get it rolling. Mm. Knowing and seeing what, what we know and what we do now, looking back, I mean, that that was a, it was a one of, not a one of a kind, it was a, a pretty one-off building 
for around here, it was, I guess, not even close. It was very common to what we're going to see everywhere. Very old building mixed with new section. So there was a lot of old code insulation that was sawdust. I mean, that was the weirdest thing in the world watching sawdust, sawdust bombs. Sawdust <laughs> yeah. Flaming sawdust bombs <laughs> dropping out of the ceiling. I was like, ooh, that's weird. <laughs> that one had a super huge fuel load in it too. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Crazy yeah. chemicals and whatever. It was nuts. And, uh, yeah. It was. It was super, super old. Big, big fuel load. Um, and access between the two, there was openings on the new section towards the old section where you could actually see up into the rafters. And that's where I thought maybe I could get a bit of a, a grip on on uh, the progression of it towards the new section. I'm like, well, the old section is clearly gone. I mean, there's no saving that. But can can we still salvage in the new section? And with that little inch and a half line, it's a bunch of what ifs. But I'd be very curious to see what putting some real water if if we had at least one of those in there, what putting real water on the inside would have done. Probably nothing, but a heck of a lot. But maybe everything. Yeah. It's too bad we can't go back and say. Yeah, you know, it's it's too bad. So you can't go look at. Um, I, going back to that recent structure fire that we had, being the truck operator, uh, Carl, you were on a hose line on that, and we grabbed the two and a half, and we grabbed the two inch and a half pre-connects off of that, and we ran full water off of that um, until we got to about a quarter tank, and then we shut that two and a half down, and and then just went with the inch and a halfs until we got a tender on scene and got the portable tanks, and you said for the amount of time that we ran that two and a half, which was minutes because we ran out of water quick, that that helped big time. Instant. Um, and so it's good to see how effective in that that amount of water, that short of time, is being effectively used on, a, on that fire. Well, if you think about it now, it's actually one of the, in the vehicle now, it's the conversation that we're, we're already having. How big is it? We wait until the officer gets there. Is it a big fire? Great. Then we're pulling the two. Like, sometimes, just sometimes now the two, the two is just getting pulled. Well, yeah. yeah. Instead of getting pulled, yeah, like, it's ultimately like, it's... we see the smoke, we're pulling a fire, we're pulling the two It ends the game real quick. We even right. got this is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely finishes things up real fast. Like, it really does. But, you know, it, that's kind of what we're there to do. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Like, that's our, that's the whole point in what we're there to do. And we went, and then we could even go back to the fact of, you know, well, do, do you want to just like put water on fire from an outside, wait for the roof to cave in and go back to yeah. the olden days? Or do you want to do a difference? Because do you want to make the difference? Then the difference is big. We've water. had we've had officers on scene call over the radio. When you get on scene, let's go big water. Like yeah. they've said big yeah. water over the radio. So it's, good. it's getting in the yeah. vernacular. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's in yeah. their mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And so that's should. great for the uh, for the first two engine because then they know what game plan yeah. to have, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you today, Carl, when we were driving... Um, I learned something that back in the old days, one of the first hose lines, the attack line was actually a two and a half. Like back when firefighting was new and with hoses, that was their that was their that was their attack line. It was a two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of departments uh, that are using the two and a half as their attack line, as their hand line. I think that's a little too extreme um, for us. I mean, we're not getting huge industrial fires every week, um, and I think you just burn people out too much and. So There's a lot the to be said about that inch and a half, the work yeah. it can do, mm -hmm. yeah. and the two and a half has a specific role, and that specific role is that is that big fire, yeah. you know, um, in the knife, deluge. the deluge, yeah, and I, and I think that's what is leading us to right now. We're we're looking at what two and a half nozzle should we, we, should, we should use, and I knew we we threw it at the Facebook, and we had a couple a uh, couple responses or at least one, 
Yeah, I think we had uh, we had one response so far on there. Um, if you have seen the post, definitely definitely uh, reach out and and answer the question. We're just wondering because we're we're interested for our uh, for our side of things really as well. But I'm sure there's lots of people that are hearing about this big water stuff and really wondering because obviously we there's there's the time old argument of which nozzle fits best. You know, are we going to go smooth bore? Um, are you looking at fog? Uh, we've had one comment so far um, from uh, from a guy called Jess Hubble, and uh, he said smooth bore, and and it's because you're wanting the large amounts of water. Um, and I agree or disagree, like let us know because it, we are looking at maybe it, attaching something different. Yeah, because because right now we run fog nozzles on everything just because it's what we've always done, and we've always had fog nozzles. Um, and and fog nozzles make sense on inch and a half for sure because there's so many things you can do with it. Like it's such a um, good nozzle for that because you can't really do effective hydraulic ventilation. You could do it with a with a non with a straight with a smooth bore, but there's a lot of work you can do with a with a fog nozzle for an inch and a half. And I don't I wouldn't ever argue that we should go away from that. I think we should leave the fog nozzles. But the two and a half. Its specific role is to put that lot of, lot of water on the fire, and I think that deluge from that smooth bore prop might be more effective. And then there's a the fact that we can now transition Break it by, by breaking it. We can uncouple that that tip, and then it and then attach the inch and a half line on it. Yeah. That was just thinking about oh, that. The They've follow-up. got the yeah. the different types of nozzles that we're playing around with right now, where you can unscrew the nozzle end off and throw yeah. a smooth bore a fog nozzle on yeah. um, which is what we're playing around with right now yeah yeah so i mean we're we're working on like it's it's good it's good to have the chain and it's good to have the officers and the chief are letting us kind of work through it we're not they're not just like nope this is the way we've always done it this is the way we're still doing it yeah they've got kind of gone over that and yeah. we're we're actually mm-hmm. we're we're progressing constantly. We're yeah. we're always looking at, and if it doesn't work, we won't use it. We're not like none of us are stuck that, like, oh no, this is my idea. I want to, this is what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no. If it didn't work, then we'll pull it off. Yeah, we'll, don't drive we use this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Big water is one of the, I think one of the the biggest changes that we've made fairly recently, which has made a huge difference in the way that we we approach what we're doing for sure. Um, all of these tactics are super useful. Again, all of them are relevant, but again, as we all know, fire is, is fire, man. It's going to do whatever it wants to do. It's very dynamic. It's going to do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. And uh, we don't get much choice apart from dealing with it the ways we do. So take maybe some of these tools, um, add them to your kits. We talked about them a little bit. Uh, there's way more detail, obviously, way more detail that we can go into. And if you would like to hear a little bit more in detail, or if you would like to even see uh, some of these tactics. Do your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or you can drop us a drop us a message on Facebook. Or is that? And uh, and we'll we'll go do some video we'll go do some video footage. We'll get some footage up for you of, of how we do it and how we approach it and how we attack it. And uh, you know, everyone does things differently. No one is ever one hundred percent right is a big thing to remember with all of this. Everything is an opinion. <laughs> and we do it the way we do it because it's what works for us in the where in where we are. So, gentlemen, I think that's time. Mm-hmm. Ash, hey, hey, Rob, thank you, Scott, hey, Mr. Spence, thank you, and JP. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>